Over the past year, there has been a call for leaders to be less demanding and more empathetic toward individual employees. They need to inspire and motivate them to work, not demand results. However, our analysis of 360-degree assessments showed that the most effective leaders know how to push people, but are not very good at pulling them. In this episode, we are sharing the research behind the paradox of pushing and pulling your team to achieve exceptional results. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zinger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th Percentile. Joining me today, is renowned psychometrician and my father, Joe Folkman. Hi, Bree. Good to be here. Hello. So today, we're discussing your recent Harvard Business Review article that was titled, To Get Results, The Best Leaders Know How to Push and Pull Your Teams. This one was quite popular. And I have a theory that the best partnerships have one parent that is pushy, meaning they know how to drive for results, and the other who is a pulley, meaning they they inspire you to get those chores done. (laughs) So that brings up a really good question. Which one was I? (laughs) I should have seen this coming. Um, (laughs) uh, I I feel like um, weekday dad was different than uh, weekend dad. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just remember I'd wake you up in the morning and I'd say, good morning, sweetheart. Oh, it's a great day. But then right before we had to jump in the car, I'd go, get in the car. <laughs> yeah, by the by the end of the morning, it was very much a move. <laughs> so, something like that. Well, um, to get into our podcast today, I have an excellent story I heard about one little town that was desperate to motivate their people to help them with a rat problem. In 1897, Paul Domer was appointed governor of French Indochina. In the city of Hanoi, he started by giving it some modern infrastructure, including toilets. What better way to make your city stand out? Now, this vast sewer system ran under the French section of the town, and the smaller one serving the overcrowded neighborhoods where the Vietnamese inhabitants lived was a symbol of cleanliness and progress. But it turned out that the moist underground system was the perfect dwelling for rat breeding. And when the cases for the bubonic plague started appearing, they knew what was the cause. So they hired a few rat hunters. It was said that they were killing 20,000 rats in a single day, which if you think about that, that's just revolting. But still, they were not making a dent in that rat population. Well, that's an awful lot of rats. I mean, (laughs) that is a lot of rats. Ah! So the governor had to find a way to motivate his people, the people of Hanoi, to solve this issue. He would inspire them to all become rat hunters. And the way he did this was a bounty was set. One cent per rat. All you had to do to claim that bounty was submit a rat's tail to the municipal offices. Because if you brought in a dead rat, that would just be gross. So bring in the tail. 
Thousands of tales started pouring into the offices. What a brilliant plan until people started seeing a strange and uh, kind of peculiar sight around the city. Rats alive and healthy without any tails. After all, if you completely killed the rat population, there goes your job. No more one cent coming to you. So eventually the bounty did go away and the people learned to live with the pests and the bubonic plague, I guess. No, while this is not a success story, I did think it brings up some interesting points about leaders of how they inspire and motivate people. Unfortunately, that governor offered the wrong incentive for solving that rat problem. Now, there are many ways managers go about keeping people motivated, and it can be a tough tightrope to walk. That's a really interesting example, Bree. So kind of gross. Yeah. <laughs> like what you I like what you said earlier. When we need something accomplished, you need to motivate others by pushing or pulling. These are two very different approaches to reach the goal. And the latter is often the best one. But knowing how to combine these two paths is an important skill for managers and leaders. Uh, take, for example, a client of ours. Uh, there was an ongoing discussion about the company's policy around environmental sustainability. The CEO had allowed debate and encouraged everyone to weigh in. The CEO strongly supported the need for change, but allowed time for ample discussion using kind of the poll approach. However, two members of the executive team were naysayers and they dragged their feet in enacting any of the proposed initiatives. After two months of inaction, the CEO announced to the team that the company was going into implementation on the two initiatives and stated that everyone needed to get on board, moving to more of a push approach. Yeah. One of the executives balked at this made it clear that he would not support the initiatives. Well, the CEO terminated him by the end of the week using mm. more of a push approach. Yeah, definitely a push, I see. <laughs> <laughs> so leaders who start with pulling, you know, letting everybody have a say in the discussion, but eventually have to resort to a strong push, provide a good example of the power of the combination of the two of these approaches. Now, if people are constantly being threatened, that, that's not healthy and, and creates a stressful work environment. But I imagine pushing as a, a lot of times being really motivating for me. Like if I go to the gym and I don't attend a class where someone is strongly encouraging me to move, move fast, I will happily just walk on a treadmill listening to a podcast. <laughs> I, I need a good push. Well, you bring up a good point. So let's define pushing and pulling. Now, pushing is drive for results, and it involves giving direction, telling people what to do, establishing a deadline, which is, for me, that's perfect, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's like everything's like not nailed down until somebody says, we, we're going to do, it, it's due by Tuesday or something like that. Mm -hmm. Generally, holding others accountable. Now, this is more of an authoritarian end of the leadership style on that spectrum of democratic versus authoritarian. Pulling involves inspiring and motivating others, and it involves describing to direct reports a needed task, explaining the underlying reasons for it, seeing what ideas they might have on how best to accomplish it, 
asking if they are willing to take it on. If a leader can further enhance poll by describing what this project might do for the employee's development, ideally the leader's energy and enthusiasm for the goal is contagious. Gathering data from over 100,000 leaders through our 360-degree assessment, we measured both push and pull, (laughs) and we found that 76% of leaders were rated by their peers and direct reports and others as more competent at pushing than pulling. Does that surprise you? (laughs) No, no, because all of their parents just (laughs) get it done. (laughs) Right, get it done. Here's what you're supposed to do. No (laughs) TV. Yeah. Only 22% of leaders were rated as better at pulling, and a mere 2% were rated as equal on both skills. Only two? That Only 2%. Well, that's but that's pretty hard to get, you know, that that's, rating. That's <laughs> we also ask people to uh, rate these leaders and indicate, in this case, we had 1.6 million people, which skill was more important for a leader to do well, to be successful in their current job. Mm. Now, here's where it really gets interesting. Polling, inspiring others was rated as the most important uh, Mm -hmm. behavior, the competency to do well, to be successful in your job, while pushing was rated as fifth most important. Now, what I found fascinating is figuring out what people want versus what they need, right? It's like, I want to be inspired. I want to be motivated in this way. Now, the data is clear that most leaders could benefit from improving their ability to pull or inspire others. Like we said, they're not very good at it. However, our research revealed that leaders who were effective at both of these pushing and pulling were ultimately obviously the most effective. So even the the poll leaders need to do a little push. The ones who were the most effective did both. So in our next study, you gather 360-degree assessment data on 3,875 leaders in the pandemic. And here's what you looked at. Okay, first thing, they rated their leader's effectiveness on both pushing and pulling. Second, the direct reports were also asked to rate their confidence that the organization would achieve its strategic goals and their satisfaction with the organization as a place to work. And the third, you looked at, you ranked leaders' data on pushing and pulling into quartiles and identified those who are low and high. So what were the results? Well, when both push and pull are in the bottom quartile, both confidence and satisfaction with direct reports or from direct reports were low. When push was high and pull was low, both confidence and satisfaction increased. Okay. When pull was high, satisfaction increased to a level substantially above confidence. When both are high, then you see the most significant increase in both confidence and satisfaction. Now, high confidence and satisfaction were measured by the percentage of people that marked five on a five-point scale. This is a very high bar for satisfaction and commitment. Yeah, and as I'm looking at the graph, just, just to show that last thing you were saying, that high pull, low push, 37% responded positively that they are satisfied, 28% said they were confident. But if you 
become more of a pusher and not just a puller. If you bring that high pull, so it's high push, high pull, it jumps to 63% confidence and 62% satisfaction. Mm. That's a 30, 30% higher. That's huge. And that's surprising because people think, oh, no, people don't want to be pushed, but they kind of do. Well, they kind of do. And when when leaders pushed, uh, it actually provided direct reports with this sense of confidence, right? That, hey, yeah. we're going to get this done. Uh, when it, when it's just the kind of, yeah, you can do it. You know, the, the cheerleading, it's like, oh, maybe we won't. So mm. so doing both is what is really needed. And, and as you think about anybody, you need to mix both of these, right? You need yeah. to kind of, you know, set deadlines, hold people accountable. But at the same time, you need to get people excited about something and show some energy. It's the combination of these two skills that is genius. Yeah, it's been a hard few years as, you know, we're grappling with all these things going on and with retention. And how do we prevent employees from joining in the great resignation of, of leaving? People are asking themselves some hard questions. How do we motivate people to stay? What do they really want? What do they need? How do you encourage people to increase their efforts, to not quit? What is it they really want and need from their work environments? Over the past years, there's been a call for leaders to be less demanding and more empathetic towards individual employees. More pull, less push seemed like what was needed to retain talent and employees. While I agree with this sentiment, this data offers a clear warning. Your efforts to increase empathy shouldn't diminish your ability to, on occasion, push when needed. People like it. And as our data shows, pushing can be a strong force that builds confidence. In fact, your influence as a leader comes from your ability to know when to use which approach, depending on the task and the timing and the people. So next time you're trying to accomplish a significant goal, consider whether your team really needs a good push, <laughs> big pull, perhaps both. The key is to know when to use which approach, depending on the task, the timing, and the people. The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.